A few weeks ago on Shabbos, there was a package delivered to our door. This package was delivered at some point in time between the time that I left for Shul and came back from Shul on Friday night. And when I arrived at home, there was a package front and center on my doorstep. There was a package from Amazon Now, which usually means it's some necessary food item. And um, so rather than leaving it there, uh, tripping over it all Shabbos, um, I decided to bring it in without paying attention to what the contents might be. Now, how to deal with Amazon packages on Shabbos in general is a great halachic topic. Mitzvah Hashem will get to one day, but now we're going to focus on the muksa part of things. So I picked up the package, and it was a brown paper bag, um, and the contents were quite heavy. And as I entered into the kitchen, they, the bag ripped open, and the contents spilled out onto the kitchen floor. And for some reason, lo and behold, it was a bunch, a bunch of packages of pasta. Um, so the pasta was all over the floor, uh, the boxes at least. The, the pasta itself had not yet spilled from the boxes, but um, given the little hands and curious hands in my house, uh, it was, we thought it was a sure thing that if the pasta was left there, if the boxes were left on the floor, it wouldn't be long uh, in, before, over the course of Shabbos, pasta was strewn all over the place. <laughs> so the question is what to do. Because, as many of us know, uncooked food uh, is muksa. It can't be prepared on Shabbos. It's not for Shabbos use, and therefore it's muksa. So what do we do with all these, uh, these boxes of pasta strewn about over the kitchen floor? Must we leave them there? Can we kick them to the side? Can we pick them up? What can be done with them? And as I was reviewing these halachas in my head, it occurred to me that muksa is such an important and such a common um, halacha um, that I decided that for this year's Shabbos learning project, uh, we're going to be delving into the laws of Muksa. So as many of you know, so with that introduction, welcome to the Shabbos learning project, 5781. Each year after the Shabbos project Shabbos, we reaffirm our commitment to Shabbos by studying the halachas of Shabbos and learning how to keep it better. As the Gemara says, Kol be'erev Shabbos yochal Shabbos, those who invest, those who prepare uh, for Shabbos, uh, they will enjoy, they will eat on Shabbos. And we readily understand this in the terms of physical preparation, that the more physical preparation you put in, uh, the more you get out. But this applies equally to spiritual preparations. And therefore, our purpose here is to increase our knowledge of Hilchah Shabbos and to increase our dedication to uh, Shabbos. And we, our hope is that this project should bring about a greater understanding of how to keep Shabbos properly that should bring with it, carry with it the blessings of a deeper connection to Shabbos and share in the Nachala Bali Meitzarim in its boundless reward. So our topic this year is Muksa. Muksa means literally something which is set aside. Chazal enacted that things that uh, we set aside, that we, not, that we don't normally use on Shabbos, should remain set aside, and we are actually not allowed to handle them. So muksa is the concept that there are objects in um, our houses, objects in our everyday lives, that we're not allowed to move. Now, there are several reasons given, and these reasons fall into two basic categories. 
Category number one, the first reason is prevention. The Ramam explains that if we were allowed to handle any object, we could easily forget and use that object for a forbidden purpose. If there are no safeguards against picking up a pen or a phone on Shabbos, we can know with certainty that we would inadvertently slip and start doodling or checking our messages, even though we know it's forbidden, but we're just hardwired to, to use the things that are around us. So this reason applies to objects that are of general prohibited use on Shabbos. The Ravid and others add that another reason why Chazal enacted Muksa is to prevent us from carrying outside on Shabbos. We experienced not having an Erev a couple weeks ago as a community. It was a fascinating, very interesting experience. And we can readily understand that uh, you know, without greater consciousness, one can easily just walk, carry something and walk outside with it. So this, this is another reason why Chazal enacted muksa, so we would raise our consciousness. This reason would extend not just to objects that are of prohibited use, like a pen and a phone, but also to objects uh, of, that are generally permitted, as we shall see. So the first category of reasons as to why Chazal enacted the prohibition of muksa is prevention, preventing us from slipping into forbidden um, actions on Shabbos. The second category of reason, the second reason, uh, is to promote a Shabbos-like atmosphere. If moving items uh, unnecessary for Shabbos were permitted, people might spend all of Shabbos cleaning and arranging their homes and belongings, and that would be negating the mitzvah of Shavisa, the mitzvah to rest. We live such harried and hectic lives, and if we weren't commanded to cease from activity, it would consume us 24-7. Muktza is an amazing way in which Chazal bring us into the enveloping embrace of Shabbos. In addition, the Nevi'im, the prophets, instructed people that, um, instructed us, that the atmosphere of Shabbos should be different than that of weekday. We walk differently, we talk differently, etc. And following this line of thought, Chazal, the sages, decreed that people should not handle objects and implements on Shabbos in the same way as they do during the week. The Rambam explains that muksa is the great equalizer. Some people spend their weeks working hard and engaging in all sorts of malacha, creative acts, as they are defined by halacha. Others have less active, less malacha-oriented lives. And to ensure that Shabbos is felt by all, no matter your profession, and no matter if you are in the middle of a huge project at work, or if you're on vacation and relaxing. Either way, the prohibition of handling muksa ensures that Shabbos feels like Shabbos. And it's true, muksa is everywhere. Certain malachas apply to the yard, our backyard, our front yard. Others apply to the kitchen, others apply to the laundry room. Muksa is ubiquitous, it's everywhere. And it calls upon us to constantly remember and safeguard the Kedusha, the holiness and sanctity of Shabbos. So those are the two main reasons why Chazal enacted the prohibition of Muksa. And our topic for the next few weeks is not going to be the why, but the what. What exactly the halachas of Muksa entail. It's a large and complex topic. Um, and let me just note here the order in which we will be learning the um, the halachos of muksa. So muksa is most um, readily understood by breaking it down into various categories. Hazal made different categories of muksa. Not all muksa is created equal. Some you can move in a certain way, others you can't move at all. 
So the best way to understand muksa is to break it down by category and to get a good handle on the definition of each category to what, what objects um, are included in that category and what are the halachas regarding that category as to what you can and can't do with the objects um, that are included. So our fr- let me just mention what our categories are going to be. Not, this is not going to be all the categories of muksa, but I think these are the most prevalent. So week number one, which is this week, it'll be in the next podcast, we're going to talk about objects of prohibited use. Uh, the next week we'll talk about valuable objects. The next week we'll talk about inherent muksa. Muksa of Mahmas Gufa. And next we'll talk about a basis, a muksa base, a basis for muksa. Now, in addition to these aforementioned categories, there are also overarching principles. There are ways in which it is permitted to move muksa objects in general, different ways and different circumstances. We're going to treat that in week number five. We're going to talk about moving muksa. What are the permitted ways in which one can move muksa in, uh, in all categories? And the final week, we'll do a recap of the halachas we've learned and include perhaps some of the extra insights that we pick up along the way. So thank you for listening and tune into the next podcast in which we will start talking about the first category.